You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. See, anyone can be a super Christian by themselves, a legend in their own mind. But Christianity is proved in the context of church community. I'm going to say it again. Anyone can be a super Christian by themselves, a legend in their own mind, thinking that they are all good. But Christianity is proved in the context of church community. How good a driver are you when there's nobody else on the road? Just you and the open highway. You're a master, right? What if we threw in rush hour traffic? Would you still be a master? Pastor Dion cautions us today that anyone can be a super Christian when they don't have to deal with people or community. They think that they're flawless. Yet our faith is proven when we're in the midst of the church community and in trials. So is it at work when you're out in the world? Today, allow the Holy Spirit to give you faith in action. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Romans chapter 8 as he continues his message, The Function of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit knows that when it comes to our spiritual growth, everybody say it out loud, it takes a village. Say it, what? It takes a village. That Nigerian proverb, it takes a village, communicates that the responsibility of raising a child is a communal effort. Parents, grandparents, siblings, aunts, Uncles, cousins, neighbors, and friends are all part of the ongoing education, protection, and formation of a child. Basically what it says, life is easier when you're part of a network of family and friends. Now, our growth is truly our personal responsibility. No one can grow for you. Right? Just like no one can diet for you. No one can exercise for you. No one can grow spiritually for you. It is literally your responsibility. But the Holy Spirit makes sure to plant us. He plants us and surrounds us with people that encourage, stimulate, and facilitate our spiritual growth. You guys got that? I like that about the Holy Spirit. I like that about the Lord. That He wants us to grow. He wants us to mature. He wants us to develop. He wants us to become more like Him. So He has the Holy Spirit plant us in a place where we're surrounded by others of like precious faith. Yet, there are some Christians who reject this function of the Holy Spirit placing us in a local church. They oppose it. They avoid it. They think they don't need a church family. They think that they are better off without a church community. Be careful. Everybody say it out loud. 
And go ahead and point your finger like, be careful. Consider the vast animal kingdom. Most species are a part of a herd, a colony, a swarm, a troop, a pride, a pack, a flock. Most species are part of that. There are only a handful of animals that choose to be autonomous, that choose to be detached, that choose to be loners, like sharks, rhinos, tigers, bears, and your domesticated cat. But the truth be told, these loners are all messed up. They're all maladjusted. They are selfish, temperamental, hateful, crude, vicious. Does that remind you of anyone? Like maybe some of those Christians who claim they don't need church or don't want to stay plugged into a church? Listen, we need community. Everybody say it out loud. What do we need? Community. Like the story of a man who attended church regularly, and all of a sudden he just stopped going. After several weeks, the pastor paid him a visit, went to his house. The man, though he was a little annoyed by the pastor's visit, invited the pastor into the living room and sat down waiting for the pastor to give him the scolding. They sat in front of a roaring fireplace, but the pastor never said a word, just sat quietly staring into the fire. After a while, the pastor stood and took the tongs next to the hearth and he separated a large red hot coal that was in the fire and set it aside and then he sat back down. They both watched quietly as this coal lost its glow and eventually grew cold and dark. Then the pastor stood again and moved the coal next to the other burning coals. And it came back to life. With that, the pastor announced that he had to leave. The man walked the pastor to the door and said, Pastor, thanks for the visit. And thanks for the fiery sermon. I'll be back next Sunday. Yeah, right? Listen. That's the reason Jesus founded and designed the church. The church is a divine design. It's not man's idea or man's creation. It was God's divine design. Jesus' divine design. In fact, before Jesus died and resurrected, making salvation or spiritual life possible for all of us, He had already planned a community in which we are to grow. In fact, listen to Jesus' words. This is literally the last 10 days, happened within the last 10 days of Jesus' life and ministry. Jesus answered and said to them, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will, everybody, build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Now prior to this verse, Jesus had asked His disciples about the word on the streets. Who do people say that I am? Jesus asked His disciples. 
Well, the disciples answered, some think you're John the Baptist reincarnated. Some people think that you are Jeremiah, uh, you know, because there was a legend about Jeremiah returning. Then Jesus looked at them and asked them, well, who do you guys say that I am? Peter broke the silence. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. That's when Jesus said, the spirit of God has revealed this to you, Peter. And upon this revelation of who I am, the Savior, the King, Lord, I'm going to build my church. Everybody, he's going to build what? His church. Now, the Greek word that Jesus used for his church is the word ekklesia. That's not a building, but a community of believers, a movement. Everybody said a lot of what? A movement. So Jesus said, hey, listen, I am going to build my church, a movement. It's going to be a place for them to grow, a place for them to practice, a place for them to produce. Peter explained the church, this movement like this in 1 Peter 2 verse 4. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So the Holy Spirit sets us, connects us, links us with others. It's the way the Lord builds this community. It's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit plants every single believer in the movement, in a church family. The church provides a place to learn, a place to worship, a place to share, a place to serve. The church provides a place to grow in responsibility and accountability. I'm going to say it again because it's pretty important. The church provides a place to grow, a place to learn, a place to worship, it provides a place to share, to serve, and it provides a place to grow in responsibility and accountability. Consider the 24 one another scriptures that were written to the New Testament church families. Everybody say one another. There are 24 one another verses, one another scriptures that were written to the churches. And written to us. Love one another. Encourage one another. Comfort one another. Greet one another. Be affectionate to one another. Build up one another. Admonish one another. Be kind to one another. Serve one another. Be patient with one another. Forgive one another. Be hospitable to one another. Pray for one another. Everybody say, one another. Well, those verses, those lessons weren't meant to be read or heard in private. They were meant to be read and heard in the context of community during the family gatherings. They were meant to communicate responsibility and accountability. Everyone knows what is expected. If I'm here teaching a message about patience, well, guess what? It's public. 
Now we all know, oh, that's what the Bible says for us Christians, that we need to be patient. That wasn't told to you personally, on the side, quietly, in a room all by yourself. It is general. It's for all of us. And we're all told in the context of the family, this is how we should act. Right? See, anyone can be a super Christian by themselves. A legend in their own mind. But Christianity is proved in the context of church community. I'm going to say it again. Anyone can be a super Christian by themselves. A legend in their own mind. Thinking that they are all good. But Christianity is proved in the context of church community. See, those lessons were taught to everyone publicly. So that we could evaluate. I know you want to look at somebody and say, stop judging me. Ha ha ha. But wait a minute. When it comes to these particular truths, we are supposed to be judged. Because it's the way we should act. It's where we learn in the church setting responsibility and accountability. Because left to yourself, you will deceive yourself. Look at your neighbor and say, I know what he's talking about. So we would ask ourselves, how would the family members around you grade you on those verses? A, B, C, D, or lower? How would they? How did you react when that person braked abruptly in the parking lot? How did you react when the parking attendant told you to park in that section? How did you react when you came in and the greeters greeted you? Did you grunt? Did you smile? Did you give them the, you know, famous scowl? What's so good about it? How would, we, how would we be graded? Well, if you're feeling a little convicted or ashamed right now, it's easily remedied because the Holy Spirit's other function is to do this. Everybody said out loud to what? To empower us. Say it to what? Empower us. Number one, to empower us to live like Jesus. Listen to how Paul explained it to the members of his congregation in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12. God is at work within you through the Holy Spirit, helping you want to obey Him and then helping you do what He wants. He's going to give you the will and the to-do. He is going to plant the will to do what God wants in you and then the Holy Spirit's going to empower you to do it. Say, thank God I need that. See, we need to let the Holy Spirit ignite our passion and empower our performance. We need to yield to the Holy Spirit. Say it out loud, what? Yield to, because that's what his job. A little later in Paul's writings, the Apostle Paul gave an example of this in a letter to the Roman Christians. 
Paul started in this by sharing his frustration of always caving into his sinful flesh. Watch what he said. Watch what he wrote. Romans 7, starting with verse 18. Paul says, For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want to, but the evil that I don't want to do is what I keep doing. Oh, wretched man that I am. How many of you can identify? Right? So he starts off with saying that, kind of testifying. That's my story. But then in a few verses down from that, Paul starts singing. We are the champions, my friends. I mean, wait a minute. He starts the verses by saying, I'm a loser. I never do it right. I'm a train wreck. But then, a little later, down in the end of the chapter, he starts saying, We are the champions, my friends. Paul claimed that he was more than a conqueror in Christ and that nothing or no one can separate him from the love of God. Watch what he writes. Romans chapter 8, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No! In all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. But wait a minute. I'm a loser. I always mess up. I always screw it up. More than a conqueror and nothing and no one will separate me from the love of Christ. How do you go? How did Paul go from compromiser to champion? From dud to stud? From shipwreck to superstar? How did he go? How did that happen? The answer is in the verses between those two sections. Here they are. Romans 8.1 there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Read this next part out loud with me. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And in Romans chapter 8, verse 11. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He will also give life or power to your mortal bodies. And then Romans 8.26, which we've come full circle, is where we started. Likewise, the Spirit helps our weaknesses. So if you want to be more than a conqueror, give the reins of your life over to the Holy Spirit. Did we learn something today? The Holy Spirit helps us, guides, teaches, leads, shapes. He advocates for us. He does all of that. 
And then He also empowers us. When we don't seem to have the strength, the will, the know-how to overcome the shortcomings in our life, He empowers us to be able to have that power over those things. And he says, it's by just yielding to the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul had a prayer that he prayed for everyone in his congregations. All of his congregation members. He had one particular prayer. He prayed over all of them. It's a prayer that we should adopt for ourselves. Here it is in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. It's the last verse of the day. That according to the riches of God's glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. Lord, we need Your strength that comes from Your Spirit in our inner man to overcome our lust, our greed, our, you know, lying, our whatever it is, whatever it is that you're having the trouble with, whatever is tripping you up, whatever your shortcoming is, Lord, I need your strength that comes through your Spirit to strengthen me in my inner man. Wow, the Holy Spirit is definitely a helper. Amen? Let's all stand. Holy Spirit, we are welcoming You into our life, into our personal space to help us deal with our shortcomings that create guilt and condemnation and keep us from really producing or excelling or maturing as a child of God. We ask that You would just take the reins of our life. Help us with that shortcoming that we are so, so embarrassed about. Help us with our anger, with our worry, with our fear. Help us, Lord, with those things. and Grow us to be more like Christ. To be more than conquerors in Christ Jesus who loved us. Amen. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord make His face to smile on you this week and be gracious to you and give you peace. May the beauty of the Lord be upon you and may He establish all the works of your hands. And I want you to go knowing that the Holy Spirit is constantly with you. He will give you the will to do what pleases God and He will give you the power to do what pleases God. So just lean heavily on Him. Look at your neighbor and say, lean heavy. Lean heavy on Him. As we cling to the simple Thank you for joining us here as Pastor Dion Cordova has brought you The Simple Truth. In this series, Pastor Dion has been exploring the foundations of the Christian faith. What is it that makes us who we are? What separates us from the rest of the world? Jesus made it pretty clear when he was talking to his disciples in John 13:35, saying, By this all people will know that you're my disciples, if you have love for one another. <laughs> that might be a foundational truth, but it's not an easy one. 
Consider the disciples. They all came from different walks of life. Jesus brought together a zealot and a tax collector who were quite simply enemies. Then he told them to love each other. What does that look like in your life? Do you know that love is to be your defining characteristic? That means wherever you are, whatever church you walk into, no matter if they look differently or do things differently, love is what you're called to do. If you're looking for a community dedicated to that principle, come and see us. The Simple Truth is a ministry out of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel in Española, New Mexico. We have services Sunday mornings at 9 or 11. And if you'd like to jump into a Bible study with us midweek, come by this Wednesday evening at 7. We'd love to have you. All this information and more can be found at tmcalvary.com. Once again, that's tmcalvary.com. Head on over there now and check it out. We're at the end of our time today, but we hope to see you again when we come back with The Simple Truth. Let us join our hands and together we stand. Together we stand.